0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to At The End Of The Day Podcast. I'm your host, Sheree, and I hope you're ready to dive into a topic that is rarely talked about. This episode right here is something I've been excited about. In the last episode, I mentioned that I thought I had my episodes planned out until God came and changed the plan. This episode was a part of the change, and I love that he put this on my heart because I believe it is necessary to talk about. It's one word that carries so much with it. It isn't simple and it definitely isn't easy. I'm talking about faith. So many people struggle with it, but don't want to be honest about it. It kind of goes with what I mentioned before that Christians sometimes feel the need to present themselves as perfect when it comes to God. I feel that people are hesitant to have the discussion because they don't want to feel like they're saying they don't believe in God or that they don't love him because they're struggling with their faith. I'm here to tell you that one has nothing to do with the other. You can love God and still struggle with having faith. You can believe in God and still struggle with having faith. If faith was so simple and easy, we wouldn't have the Bible. Now, if you're somebody that has never struggled with having faith, then I need you to email me ASAP and tell me your secret. Today, I want to talk about faith, what it means, the struggles we may face, and how to work through those struggles. Let's dig into it. Some people know what faith is and some don't. For those who don't know, the Bible defines faith in Hebrews 11.1 1, as faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The phrase that always gets me about this verse is assurance about what we do not see. Now that is the part that I struggle with sometimes. This verse is telling me to have faith that God will do something in my life in spite of what it looks like. Some days it's easy and some days it isn't. Sometimes it takes everything in me to continue to hold on to faith in spite of what it looks like, but I assure you that it has always been worth it to work towards holding on to having faith instead of giving up altogether. I've come to realize that faith is one word, but there are different elements to it. In order to have faith, you need to have hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that, but do we know what it means to have hope? Oxford Languages defines hope as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So in order to have hope, you have to start with having a feeling of expectation that whatever you're praying for and believing God to do will be done. Hope is like the root of faith. If you don't have hope that God could do it, then you don't have faith. Having the expectation and desire for God to do something in your life produces hope. With having hope, you can start to have faith. In order to have faith, you also have to have patience. Everything you're believing in God for may not come quickly, but that doesn't mean God never plans to do it for you. Having patience during your faith journey means that you're working towards being calm and mentally relaxed while waiting for God to show up and show out in your life. Freaking out and becoming anxious about the blessing taking so long doesn't change a thing, it just makes you more anxious, and that doesn't help or solve anything. In order to have faith, You also need to love yourself. Why, you may ask. I went through a season where I felt that God wouldn't bless me with the desires of my heart. I felt that he heard everyone else's prayers but mine. Even though I wanted the things I prayed about, I felt that he would just continue to bless everyone but me. Eventually, I came to the realization that feeling that way had absolutely nothing to do with God. And it had everything to do with how I viewed myself. I didn't feel worthy to receive the very thing I was praying for. I didn't feel worthy to be seen by God, and that stemmed from the fact that I didn't love myself. God was my foundation, but I allowed my lack of self-love to create cracks in my foundation. When I learned to love myself, I was able to fill and patch up those cracks. Now I'm in a place where I have faith that God could do the impossible for me because I fully believe that I deserve to have good things happen in my life. Having faith can feel like a roller coaster sometimes. You have moments where you're on cloud nine and there's nothing that can bring you down. And then you have moments where you're low to the point that you feel like giving up hope that God could do it for you. But faith is like a muscle. You have to work out to strengthen it. Once you've strengthened your faith, you have to work out to maintain your strength. I want to share with you three things that can help you strengthen your faith in God. The first thing is knowing Him for yourself. I could sit here and tell you to have faith, but it means nothing if you don't experience Him for yourself. When you know God for yourself, it enhances your faith. Think about your life. Think about where you used to be. Think about how far you've come. I know for a fact that there is something you have in your life now that you once prayed about from the car to the new job to buying your house to being married, or even having children. There was a time where you had faith God would do it. And look at you now. You had the very thing you prayed about. God made it happen for you. God showed up for you. It wasn't a coincidence, and it definitely wasn't luck. When you understand that, it truly helps you to see him for who he is. By seeing who he is, your faith in him will increase. I want to share an example of what I mean by knowing God. I remember the first time I heard God speak to me. I was in church one day. It was offering time. I was in college at the time, so you know my finances were extremely tight. The pastor was speaking about the importance of tithing, and I was in the back logging into my bank account to see how much money I had. Let's just say my balance was so low that the app told me, girl, don't you touch that money. So I looked into my wallet and found $20. Now I start doing math in my head. I'm thinking about how I still have to drive back to school at the church. That requires gas. Next, I have to pay for tolls. And I didn't even want to start thinking about groceries, okay? It was just a whole bunch of subtraction going on and no addition or multiplication. So I came up with the decision to put $5 in the offering basket. Once I figured out what I wanted to pay, I was able to tune back into the pastor talking. As I'm sitting there, I heard God say, put all of it in. Now, I was confused at the time because I'm sitting there in shock like, is that God speaking to me? I started to think maybe it wasn't him because I felt like I know God didn't just tell me to put my last $20 in the offering basket. Eventually, I accepted that God was talking to me. So I responded as kind as possible by saying, I kind of don't think that's a good idea. So I continued to sit with the plan of putting in $5. As I was sitting there, the pastor prayed and it was time to go up and give my offering. I still had $5 in my hand. Next thing I know, God was louder than the last time. I heard God say, I said, put all of it in there. That time, I was really shaken up and I knew I wasn't about to play with him. So I grabbed the $20 and put it in the basket. Now I won't lie, I was worried and trying to figure out how I was going to make it back to school. I didn't want to bother my family because they had their own stuff to take care of. I ended up accepting that the money was gone. There was nothing I could do to get it back because it wasn't like I was about to go up to one of the trustees and say, "Hey, uh, can I get that $20 back?" Especially because my grandfather was the head of the trustees. That would be embarrassing. In the end, I stopped worrying about it and focused on the sermon. Church was over and I drove to my grandparents' house. I pull into the driveway and I see one of my uncles. I gave him a hug as he was walking to his car to leave. We talked about school and about how he was doing for less than five minutes. Before he got in his car, he reached in his pocket and said, Here, I want you to have this. He gave me $20. I didn't tell him or anyone that I needed money. I said, thank you, and he drove off. I started to thank God because he gave me back what I put in the offering basket. So I was hyped. My other uncle comes out because he's about to leave. We hugged and spoke for about 10 minutes. He asked me about school. I asked how he was doing. Before he goes to his car, he says, I know it isn't much, but I wanted to give you this so you could buy groceries. He goes and gives me $40. Now, in this moment, I'm in awe of what has just occurred since I left church, let alone the last 15 minutes. I said thank you to him, and I went in the house to see my grandparents. After a few hours of hanging out with my grandparents, I started to get ready to head back to school. They saw me getting ready to leave, so my grandmother tells me to take her card and to take $200 out of their account. So I began to explain to her that my uncles just gave me money before they left. She looked at me and said, I didn't ask you about that. We want you to take the card and take $200. I asked if she was sure, so my grandfather backed her up and said, Cherie, take the card and do what we ask you to do. I got in the car and just cried. Why did I share that moment with you? I shared that with you because since I experienced him in that way, I was able to know him in a way that I never knew him before. By experiencing him in that way, my faith in the area of finances became strengthened. Now when I go through something with my finances, I go back to that moment. It's my reminder of who God is. Because of that experience, I learned what obedience was. Because of that experience, I learned that God has a plan in everything he does. And because of that experience, I learned what his voice sounded like and what trusting him looked like. That moment was an example of how God's will is always better than what we want for our own life. I was willing to settle for $60, but God had it planned for me to receive $260. Listening to everyone's testimony is great, but when you experience him for yourself, it heightens your faith in him. When you experience him for yourself, it builds your trust in him. Once your trust is built, It helps you believe that he could do the very thing that seems impossible to you. The second thing that can help strengthen your faith in God is reading the Bible. I know it sounds cliche, but hear me out. Many Christians say, I love the Lord, but yet they don't read the Bible. I know this because I used to be one of those people. So this year, my best friend and I are starting to read the Bible starting from Genesis. I felt the need to do it because I started to ask myself, how can I say I love God if I don't know him? Reading the Bible helps strengthen your faith because you read about the God we serve. You read about how he blessed and healed people. The biggest thing for me has been reading about other people's struggle with faith in the Bible. For example, Sarah. God promised to bless Sarah and Abraham with a baby. She laughed because she was old. And yet God blessed her with a son when she was 90 years old. Her laughter came from a place of her feeling like that was impossible because of her age. She didn't have an attitude of, well, God said it, so I will patiently wait. She struggled to have faith because of what it looked like. It's reassuring to read about other people that struggle with having faith because you start to feel like you're not the only one. Reading the Bible also helps you to realize that God has references when it comes to doing the impossible. We don't say that he can do the impossible because it sounds cute. We say it because we have read about him doing the impossible more times than we can count. The third thing that can help strengthen your faith in God is accepting that having doubt sometimes is a part of the journey. It's okay if you have moments of doubt, but you have to make sure you do something about it. It becomes a problem when you're doubting God and you're doing nothing to fix it. When you do nothing to fix it, There becomes distance between you and God, and we already know that the devil loves when there is distance. Having faith is like a beautiful garden, and doubt is like the weeds. You know weeds can grow in the garden sometimes. We don't do anything to help them grow. They just pop up. Even when you do everything to prevent them from coming back, they come back again. Nobody likes to have doubts, and yet they just pop up ignoring the doubt that you feel only allows it to grow. The question becomes, do you want weeds to take over your flowers? Here's the thing about weeds. Every time you pull them up, you have to make sure you get to the root. If you get to the root and put down treatment to prevent them from popping up, there are two things that can happen. You either kill all the weeds so they don't return ever again, or if they pop up, They show up smaller and less aggressive than the first time you saw them. Over time, as you continue to treat them, those weeds will return less and less. It's the same thing with having doubt. You have to get down to the root of your doubt and address it. In order to prevent it, you have to be honest with God and work towards staying connected with Him by listening to gospel music, listening to sermons, reading the Bible, and praying. If it pops up again, It will be smaller than the last time you felt doubt and it will continue to shrink the more you stay consistent with your treatment of prevention. The more you work on your garden of faith, the doubts you feel will show up less and less. Now guess what y'all, it's Q&S time. For those of you listening for the first time, Q&S stands for quote in scripture. This is a time that I share a quote in scripture to encourage you for the week ahead. The quote I chose for this week is from Ben Stein, and he said, Faith is not believing that God can, it is knowing that God will. I'm sorry, but I feel the need to read it again because that was deep. He said, Faith is not believing that God can, it is knowing that God will. This is so true because God can do the impossible. There is nothing that he can't do. We have to work on knowing he will do it. We have to work on being 100% confident that he's going to do something in spite of how impossible it may look. We can't see God, but yet we know he is there. We must have the same attitude about things we have faith about. Don't worry about what it looks like. Focus on what you know God will do. The scripture I chose for this week is from James chapter 1, verse 2-3. through 3. I'm reading from the New International Version and it reads Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love this because it's a reminder that having faith will come with tests. One day I heard someone say, You can't have a testimony without the test. To be honest, it's the test, the trials, and the tribulations that make having faith difficult sometimes. And sometimes I feel that we make it worse when we focus on what we see instead of focusing on who is in control. God constantly reassures us that he got us, but we still react as if he doesn't. He has given us so many promises in the Bible, but we tend to treat those promises like he just said it for fun. We always value those who are honest and consistent. Well, there is nobody more honest (laughs) and consistent than God. The Bible tells me that God is a man that he shall not lie, that he works all things together for good, that he will never leave me nor forsake me, that he will give rest to those who are weary and burdened, that he plans to prosper you and not to harm you. If we know all of that, then we should work on having more trust when our faith is being tested. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but we have to work on it. The scripture stated that the testing of faith produces perseverance. That's another promise. He is promising that you will be tested, but he's also promising that he will use that test to make you better. So the next time your faith is being tested, hold on to his promises because in the Bible, God is giving us a hundred percent guarantee that in spite of how the test looks and feels, you're going to be better then okay. Now that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, make sure you hit that follow button and leave a review. I would love to read your feedback. You can also follow me on Instagram under the name A-T-E-O-T-D Podcast. If you have something you need advice about or just something you want to share, you can send me an email to A-T-E-O-T-D Podcast 8 at gmail.com if you know someone that needs encouragement make sure you share this with them before we go i want you to know no matter what you're going through god is in control every season of hardship where my faith was being tested it was just that a season nothing i have gone through has lasted forever and at the end of every test i came out better than when i went in So find comfort in the fact that your season of struggle is to make you better and not to harm you. Find comfort in the fact that God wastes nothing. Work on having hope, patience, and self-love. Be honest with God about your weaknesses in your faith. When your faith is being tested, reflect on your experiences with God and the times where he showed up for you before. Read your Bible for encouragement and better understanding of God. And don't ignore the moments that you feel doubt. Bishop T.D. Jakes once said, You cannot see in a storm. That's why he told you to walk by faith and not by sight. Everything you go through is a storm, but you have to focus on the person in control and not what the storm looks like. Keep your eyes on him and nothing else. God has given us the blueprint for when we struggle with having faith in him. We just have to do the work to strengthen our faith. Because at the end of the day, having faith ain't easy.